Welcome to the One Drink with John podcast. Today's episode is number 36, Q&A, where our illustrious host, John Lemon, will be A-ing your Qs. Hey. Actually, you know how there's like frequently asked questions? These are like FAQs. These are sort of IAQs. They're like infrequently asked questions. In fact, I have the questions in front of me, and I don't think I've ever seen these questions before. Really? Life. Really? So they're secret questions. They are that are public very on rare. That are public on well, Facebook. Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> rare questions. Interesting. I think. Well, we'll see how this goes. There may be a one of one or two of these that I've answered before. So yeah. So Jessica, uh, I'm sorry, you're in charge. You no, go ahead. Are, just gonna say, what are I'm we? I'm not start, in charge. I'm just asking we, <laughs> questions. But you're allowed to ask. We'll also start, ask questions. Well, my first question I have for you, Jessica, is what are you drinking? <laughs> I am drinking a French rosé that I'm absolutely gonna butcher. So I looked up on YouTube how to say it. Hang on. Côte de Provence. What? Côte de Provence. Is what, <laughs> is what I'm drinking. So um, our super helpful Saren V Wine Shop guy, hi Lucas, um, actually recommended this this to us. Yes. And we went, we bought one bottle, and then we went back and bought two more. And so this is the last bottle I have from Saren B. Yes, so we'll have to take a trip back down there and see our buddy Lucas. We and will pick up another Pol case. De Provence. So that's what I am drinking. What are you drinking? I am drinking one of my favorite beers. It's one of my homebrews that I made recently. It is the John's Juicy Hazy IPA. And it is amazing. It and is I also amazing. poured it in a commemorative because I did. we did get some of these questions from our friends at Outback. So yeah. I have a 22-ounce Big Bloke mug. From we, Outback. What? Shh, don't <laughs> I'm not sure where it came from. We will not... <laughs> dispose of where it came from, but I do have a 22 ounce big bloke mug that I have. We filled won't up, disclose so. that you somehow acquired. Acquired. Acquired is the official word. So. Do you know? Didn't they replace a bunch of them, and they legitimately gave you that one? I will absolutely go with that story. <laughs> I completely think that's what it is. Maybe somebody will chime in on Facebook because I honestly don't remember. But oh, I forgot to great. say too that um, the name of this wine, that Côte de Provence, is actually French for expensive pink wine. So, <laughs> just an interesting side fact there. That was. Did you get that <laughs> from Google Translate? <laughs> it was quite pricey. Expensive pink wine. Perfect. So it's quite pricey, but um, it's very delicious. So I was um, texting my friend today, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, French rosés!" And she was telling me. A few of the brands that she likes and said that, sadly, it's hard to find a bottle for less than 20 bucks. That's halfway decent. So um, I'm for now us, on the For us, that's kind of a $20 bottle of wine. We yeah. usually stick in the 8 to $12 range. Yeah. And so we, it depends. And it but... seems like, I, I mean, we can get, I feel like we get really good red wines in that price range. Well, not 8 but like 10 to 12 really good wines yeah. for 10 to yeah. 12 There's a but lot of But when you ones. start getting into like your... Chardonnays and your Pinot Grigios and your Rosés, it seems like that price point just means cloyingly sweet. Like, it's hard to find a nice dry wine. So that's, yeah, so that's my new my new thing. I dry, cold wines. So. I love it. All right. Are you ready to get started? I think so. I think so, yes. Right. I'm kind of well, nervous. Start... I'm in the hot seat here. Are you? I'm ready. Yes. Yeah, let's do um, this. We're going to start with an easy one. Okay. Asked by a buddy of ours named... Uh, Pat Limber. <laughs> Pat and he L. wants to know. We don't want to 
Put everybody's last name Sorry, on the podcast. Sorry, Pat L. <laughs> what is the meaning of life? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks, Pat, for uh, giving us a, an easy softball to start the thing off with. But um, actually, I don't know. what. It, probably an easier question is where did I get this mug from Outback? But other than that, so what is the meaning of life? I think the meaning of life is, if you really want to know, I think the meaning of life is stop stalling love it i'm trying i'm stalling because i'm trying to come up with it but um it's a big question but no i think the meaning of life is actually to love other people i think that's what i think there's a guy named jesus that said something like that yeah you know in those red verses in the bible and uh yeah that's easy right just love others yeah love others as you love yourself which is always i remember them talking about that in church how there was two commands there. Love, or was it love your neighbor as yourself mm-hmm. is actually two commands because it's love your neighbor, but mm. you also have to love yourself. Yes. I think if you, you can't love yourself, yep. it makes loving your neighbor much more difficult. It does so. though, right? Because a yeah. lot of the things that frustrate us from other people are usually things that we are, we still have in ourselves. Those those negative things that are, yeah. that live in us. And if you haven't forgiven that, then how can you forgive it in somebody else if you haven't forgiven that within yourself? So, Absolutely. Oh, that was... All right. Well, that was an easy one. That, okay. was, that was kind of a serious one to start off with. I know, right? Um, next, we're going to move on to... I have a couple farming questions for you, which you'll probably enjoy. I do love farming questions. Bevan B. wants to know... <laughs> Uh, the planting season for different kinds of veggies. So I don't know if you want to pick a few of your most popular and just talk about when yeah. those go into the ground. Is that what sure. she means by planting season? I think season? so. I'm yeah. assuming so. Um, when the seeds go into the ground, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's different, uh, lots of different vegetables that have different timing um, and obviously different, different zones and different areas of the country and the world that have different different you know different times that you can plant climates. things mm-hmm. yeah climates and and um daylight and all that but as kind of a general rule here in ohio or even midwest or kind of in the middle of the country um you can plant uh, a lot of things i kind of go through like what i'm plant like what i have in the ground right sure. now in like the greenhouse and things uh but you can you can grow spinach you can grow kale um some some green onions sometimes too uh, some other lettuce, and there's a handful of things along those lines. Uh, you can actually keep carrots in the ground, even if it's frozen. In the um, winter, you mean? Yeah, through the yeah. winter. And so those are things that you can over winter. But I mean, as long as it's like covered, like in a greenhouse or a... Uh, it helps Or like for your sure. covered bed so that it they helps. can't get frostbit or whatever. Yeah, it helps. Although, I mean, with if you use the right kind of kale, like winter boar kale, unless it gets super crazy cold... Um, it'll grow just fine. Like I have, really, I have some of that kale. It doesn't look that great right now, but like a couple weeks ago, it looked pretty good. And that mm-hmm. was not in covered by anything, not in the cold frame. That was just out in the field. Wow. And it seems Hardy. to do well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's those kind of things. Um, I finding out there's a lot of things that's trial and error. Uh, I'm finding that cilantro is actually a little cooler weather crop. Mm-hmm. As opposed to parsley, which I didn't know until I think today, actually, I figured that out. <laughs> I read it somewhere and then I realized that because uh, I was gl- growing some or trying to grow some parsley and cilantro in the greenhouse, which gets pretty cold. 
and the parsley died, and the cilantro seemed to be coming in. So yeah, because you, you picked it, and it's delicious. Yeah, yeah. And so there's different things, and then there's a bunch of uh, summer crops. You know, most of your crops that you see at a farmer's market or that I grew at the market, you know, peppers, tomatoes, you know, zucchini, squash, all those things are um, definitely summer crops. Uh, some of those take longer than others. Some of them take a hundred days or more, um, and those are usually warmer weather crops like cucumbers, things like that. So. Cool. Yeah, and then carrots and stuff too grow well. So, and salad's kind of a weird thing depending on the kind of salad you have. Uh, you can grow some of that when it's cool. Uh, it does better when it's not super hot, um, but you can still grow. It. I mean, we had you know had the salad mix, rock that out all season long. We had that so. a lot yeah. of the year. I mean, a yeah. lot of months of the year. Yeah. I mean, we had it way later than I even thought we would. So yeah, I mean, I That's picked great... it. My gosh, I picked it. I had it semi-covered. And I picked it just a few weeks ago, so it was not, yeah, it was lasted pretty well, that salad of lettuce, so. So hopefully that kind of helps you out a little bit. Obviously, uh, Bevan, just text me if you have an actual specific question. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I can help you out and with that. And then you can so. just come over and have yeah. some of John's Juicy Hazy IPA, and we'll just talk Yeah, about yeah, it. absolutely. See yeah. you on Lodge Bring night, great. right? <laughs> okay, so in that same sort of line of questioning, Tammy wants to know if you know any benefits of specific herbs. Herbs. Or herbs. Herbs. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> there are so many benefits. I'm actually just learning a lot lately. Even I've learned a bunch more uh, reading the the book with, by the medical medium. There's just so many benefits of herbs. I mean, just mint and thyme and just all kinds of different stuff. Um, there's different ones for different things, and a lot of them you can put and make into a tea which is really good for you, like lemon balm or something like chamomile. that. Mm-hmm. Chamomile. Chamomile. of course. Yeah, lavender. Uh, basically anything. I mean, if you think about what herbs are used in essential oils, like lavender mm-hmm. uh, is good, is very resting and calming. So mm-hmm. that's good before bed, like if you have a uh, you know, lavender or chamomile tea. Uh, but there's tons. I mean, herbs are just kind of potent, um, kind of pack a punch too, and it's just... Potent and pack a punch. Well, that's that seems like a <laughs> right on track here. But um, there's just so many benefits. Uh, we've been trying to incorporate either having tea with some herbs in it, or just throwing them in, you know, fresh herbs, especially in the summer. Um, throwing those into whatever dish, you know, even like we've been throwing cilantro on mm-hmm. almost everything. Really good on top of curry, oh on top God. of tacos. Oh yeah. man! And then but just what some specifically green onions was it too. about cilantro? Um, it's, I believe it's detoxing. That's what it is. Liver. It's It's a liver detoxer. Yeah. Which we all need some help with that. Am I right? right? But but I thought, I thought that's what it was. It was something that was, because you put it in that one smoothie that was supposed to be like a super. Yeah. It's in the detox smoothie. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it helps, it helps pull toxins and Mm -hmm. heavy metals and things out of your body. So. And peppermint of course is. Um, I don't know what peppermints. It's interesting. Well, it's peppermint good for your oil. stomach. Yes. So digestion. That's true. Yeah, peppermint's good for digestion. Um, peppermint oils tend to be kind of hot, so mm-hmm. they're good for like um, aches, like you know, oh, muscle yeah. aches and things like that. Headaches, tension headaches, especially. I have put peppermint oil on the back of my neck and up into my hairline, and and. Uh, and it smells fantastic, right? right? We have a friend 
who uses it as perfume. She always smells fantastic. So <laughs> right. that's another use of it. It's also, um, mint is also very good in mojitos. Yes, and, I mean, very good. So, and that, so that's... Yes, the benefits of mojitos are countless. Yeah, is that the ne- <laughs> is that a segue to the next question? Or? <laughs> uh, not really. We're going to veer a little bit because Todd S. wants to know, why did you quit the Beatles? <laughs> and of course, this must be the joke that is like a running joke that John tells whenever he introduces himself, which is... Well, my name is John Lemon, but you can call me John Lennon. No, <laughs> but yeah, I get I get the John Lennon thing all the time. I was trying to think of, I just heard it the other day. What did we do? Oh, I put in a reservation, you know, under John Lemon. Uh, we even did it online, so it mm-hmm. wasn't like there was a misspelling. Uh, we did that at Serenby at the Hill, and, yep. and, the, and the guy came over, the waiter's like, I have to ask. It's John Lemon. He's like, yeah, I had to double take and see that. But yeah, I get I get the John Lennon thing all the time. I, in fact, I my favorite story is I I was trying to rent a tuxedo for prom, and I called him in and I said, yeah, I like to rent a tuxedo. Okay, what's your name? You know, all this, and uh, and I'm like, it's John Lemon. They're like, okay, John Lennon. I was like, no, it's it's John Lemon. It's L E M M O N. And they're like, okay, L E N N O N. And I was like. No, it's it's John Lennon, and they're like Lennon. I said yes, absolutely. This is John Lennon, and I'm running talks. Thank you. So <laughs> my favorite part when you gave um, you did like a talk at at a library, and uh, you had like a you know PowerPoint presentation behind you, and the way you opened it was perfect because you said first let's talk about who I'm not, and he had a picture <laughs> up of like John Lennon and a big. We put a big, like, red slash through it, a big no <laughs> sign. Uh, so I thought that was really clever. Well, it's so, also funny. So the, so the real answer is uh, yeah. Ringo. I mean, of course. So that's why I quit the Beatles. <laughs> of course. Everybody but, blames Ringo. <laughs> right. But what's funny, though, is my, uh, my cousin, who is the one asking this question, his wife asked him to go to that library event, and he's like, when he first, I think he looked at it on text or whatever. And he's like, oh, cool. Some book about John Lennon. And she's like, no, you dummy. It's your it's cousin. Your cousin. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I thought that was really funny. So they are it's so, nice that he asked the question. They so. are so fun. He also had a follow-up. What's up with Yoko? <laughs> Man, boy, if anybody knows that, I think. It's Ringo. So, yeah, obviously Ringo. But <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> let's really shift funny. gears again. What is your favorite beer to brew? Because, like, I just segued beautifully from that you gave your talk on beer makes everything better. Look at you. And now we're talking about beer brewing. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Just segue city here. Total accident, actually, but it worked out well. (laughs) Yeah, so I am a huge IPA fan. I love brewing IPAs. I've made um, of the hundred and whatever some different beers I've made. I have made almost, I would probably 80, 80 to not, probably 90%. Who am I kidding? It was 90% IPAs. Yeah. Um, you make a lot of IPAs, which we both enjoy drinking. So I do. And I love IPAs. Uh, I, my two favorite categories, and if, you know, as you know, it, most people know me, they'll ask me, like, oh, what's your favorite beer? And I'm like, man, what is today? Like, what, what am I drinking? It just depends. But I have two main styles that I just love. Of IPAs and one is like a hazy or a juicy IPA 
like the New England style, which is what I'm drinking right now. I love that. And I also love a really good double IPA. Yes, me too. And I'm I'm not a huge fan. I mean, I love hops and some bitterness. I don't love a real, real bitter IPA. Um, and sometimes the medium IPAs are a little too bitter for me. Like I'll drink one or whatever, but but man, you get a nice solid double IPA, which can be a little, which can be hoppier because usually eight or nine percent. But they kind of finish sweet, and th- that's just isn't and it's it so counterintuitive? So because you ha- that's not the right word. <laughs> it's like counterintuitive is fine. Well, maybe it is, <laughs> but like your alcohol by volume, right? Your ABV on a beer. One would think that the higher it is, the worse it would taste. Just mm. like if you're drinking, you know, a really strong liquor, well, if it you ha- went it's for, super yeah. harsh. But in a beer, a double IPA, you can get something that's like 10 or 11 or even 12. And it's so scarily drinkable. <laughs> like, right. like bad news drinkable, yeah. right? And you have to like slow yourself down. So. Well, you would, you'd think that you go from an IPA that's really bitter and then you right. go to a double, double IPA double bitter, right? that has twice the hops and you think it'd be twice as hoppy or super yeah. bitter. But usually, I mean, the real reason is the higher the alcohol, um, the more sugars left over because you start with, and I have videos and stuff on this, but... You start with the mash when you're making the beer, and you need to put a lot of sugar content in it from the from all the grain, and then the yeast basically times out, and they're, they're, the yeast eats the eats the sugar and turns into alcohol. And on these high alcohol beers, the yeast basically is like taps out, like I can't I can't eat any more sugar, and so there's there's some sugar left over mm, in those double IPAs, which now- makes them pretty smooth have you ever brewed a beer where you set out to have an abv that was like around seven and it just went off the charts on you and you didn't expect it to i have i've done um fortunately only a few times i've done the one (laughs) done the the other way where i'm like oh this is going to be a six percent and it's like a four and a half Mm -hmm. Uh, because that's pretty disappointing you know but uh it usually doesn't taste as good yeah but yeah i've done that i i did um a uh what was the one beer? I was trying to make a, like a blue moon thing or whatever. I forget the name. I had some funny name too. And I think I put like orange marmalade in it. And it honestly, it was early on. It wasn't the best, one of my best beers. It didn't taste the best, but it was like eight or 9%. Yeah. And I had no idea it was going to be that high. <laughs> and I was like, cause I was trying to make it like a nice, a nice light flavorful summer beer, 5% sure. blue moon. And man, that thing just killed it. So yeah, I've done that a few times. So usually I'm anymore. I'm pretty good at at predicting what's going to be. Um, although I had um, the last two batches I made, I made a double IPA. It's the Johnstone Double, which is on tap at the Lemon Lounge, and then the other, the Juicy Hazy that I just talked about. And I brewed those, and I had them fermenting in a in my actually my my walk-in cooler. And I had the temperature set at 70 degrees, and it was perfect temperature the entire fermentation. And both beers ended up higher in alcohol than I have in the past. Interesting. So the perfect temperature made a huge difference. Uh, rather than it like fluctuating a few degrees yeah, during the absolutely. fermentation. That's yeah. what makes the difference. Okay. Yeah. So that was a big one. Right. Made science, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So science questions. Absolutely. <laughs> Everything's wanted. The next question is a fun one. This actually comes from David, your brother David, I, I do believe. Yes. Um, we all know you were a server. Have you ever waited on a celebrity? Have I Great. waited on a celebrity? Question. Oh, man. 
That is a great question. I mean, everybody knows Dayton, Ohio is a mecca for celebrities to hang right. out. Right. They are um, everywhere. But all jokes aside, we actually did have people come in who were like um, wrestlers. We had yeah, we Because there. there was some wrestling convention that was nearby. Yeah, there was a big event going on. We had... Um, John Cena was in there. Steve Austin was there. Once. Steve Austin was in and there. he is huge. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting. You like saw... Because I remember... Because I kind of helped wait on them. But I remember you look at the table and you're like, okay, there's all these really, you know, super muscular guys. Right. <laughs> but really a lot of them man, are yeah. like, you know, pretty short, like under uh-huh. six feet. And Austin was huge. Yeah. And so I was like, oh my God. I mean, he stood up. I was like, oh my God, that guy's a monster. Yeah. Now, but, I never had anybody famous at my tables. No. No. Did you? I'm trying to think of who else. I know at um, when I was at the Springfield Inn, and maybe uh, Jeremy Washburn or Ahmed or somebody can remind me, but I remember we waited on some people because I know there was like, it was one of the nicer places to stay in town. Yeah. And a nice restaurant. So I know we, we had a few celebrities in there, some people we knew, and I can't remember who they are now, but I'm trying to think because I know... Uh, we've waited on some basketball players. I waited oh, on like some baseball players yeah. when I was at Outback too, bartending and stuff. Yeah. So. So the yeah. actual question was, have you ever waited on a celebrity other than your wife? Which I thought was really oh. cute. <laughs> I thought it was really funny because John has actually waited on me. Yes, yes, we met at Outback where we both worked, but before that, he was my waiter. And we have told that story before, and I won't bore everybody with it. Oh, my gosh. It, but... No, Boris, that's great. That's a perfect segue. So. I love that. I mean, he did ask, David did ask the question. Yeah, so, so um, I met John in August of 1997. Yikes, that's a really long time ago. And, yeah, so um, we're still 34. Got it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Remarkably. Amazing. Um, Don't do the math. So this was in May, the previous May. I was on Mother's Day, and I was out with my mom and my brother and my stepfather. And um, Don Pablo's was on a wait that was way too long. So I pointed across the street, and I said, why don't we go there? We've never been there. And it was a Chili's restaurant. So we went to Chili's. We got sat in this, you know, sitting in this booth. And um, John walks over. I mean, I didn't know him. And I remember after I gave my order and he walked away, I turned to my mom and said, Wow, our waiter is really cute. And my mom said, he's so tall. (laughs) And then at the end of the dinner, I even went so far as to say, because my mom, of course, sweeps the check. It's like her her go-to move. She sweeps the check, right? So she sweeps the check to pay it. And I said, make sure to leave him a really big tip because he was really cute. Like I was just, I thought you were just the most handsome thing I'd ever seen. So yeah, we realized after that, you know, after we met in August at Outback and we had all been out to Frickers one night and had some beers and ended up at Waffle House really late as one does. And one of our friends no from judging. work said, so John, where'd you work before you worked at Outback? And John said, oh, I worked at Chili's. And I, I was sitting next to you in the booth and I looked over and blinked and I was like, oh my God, you were my waiter. Right. And I turned and I was yep. like, yes. I was like, oh my God. I was like, you were at table 34, yep. and you had a pink lemonade. Yep. You are with your family. Yeah. yeah, I was like, you were with yeah. your family, like your brother or you something. You totally remembered. It yeah. was wild. It was absolutely yeah. wild, and it was just one of those, yeah, one of those, like, beautiful synchronicities, But I remember right? the pink lemonade part. Yeah. Most importantly, because she asked, as she was, I was taking her the drink order for the table, and she looked at me with her beautiful eyes and said, uh, is there free refills on the pink lemonade? 
And I looked back and I said, absolutely. Like, whatever you want. And by the way, there weren't free refills on the pink lemonade. And I'm really sorry. I probably owe, you know, Chili's a couple dollars, a dollar fifty. But I was like, absolutely. For you, absolutely. But no, it was very memorable because um, she was very attractive. And I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. So Yeah, we just thought that was a fun story that we met before we met. So Absolutely. Okay, so let's totally shift gears now. Okay. We're going to talk about Gemma. Gemma? Who's so that? <laughs> Kelly wants to know, what is the name you believe Gemma calls you? Oh. So some people call you John Lennon. <laughs> I call you John or Honey. What does right. Gemma call you? Our dog. So, right? yeah, Gemma's the dog who's amazing. And we... We kind of, well, we voice over for the dog. And I know, don't judge here because we know you all do this too. Everybody has a voice for their dog. Um, And ours, for some reason, is she's slightly British. (laughs) Like, I think of Tiny Tim kind of thing. Oh, you do? From, uh, you know, Christmas Carol. But, um, but yeah, so so we think that uh, Jessica's called Mama and I'm called Papa. Yes. And I don't know what, and I mean, I don't know if I can do the voice now because I'm laughing, but... Yeah, one day but, she was doing something and I asked her a question and then I just said, Yes, Mama. Sure, Papa. I mean, that's yeah. uh, that's the voice. Sure, I mean. Papa. <laughs> because she's just like this excited, little happy. And what's really funny is that mm. Daisy, the dog that we had before Gemma, who passed last year, um, which has almost been a year, my gosh, I can't believe that. Uh, she had a totally different voice. She had more of an Eeyore sort of voice, right? <laughs> she did. She was just like, I don't even know if I can remember it now. No, I don't I know. I was thinking, so long, well, but... Bailey, which was yeah. the dog I had before, it was totally Eeyore. Totally. She was like, because she was a hound and that was yeah. perfect. So. Yeah, so Daisy and her sort of had the same voice because we had those dogs at the same time. But then I got Gemma and she just had a totally different personality i mean she's like a little firecracker i don't know so, if it's because she's so spazzy and she yeah. runs around like crazy like i thought hi papa hi mama like yeah. zoom zoom and just runs yep. around so. and she's still slightly afraid of you so i thought you're gonna say oh my dog refers to me as ah! <laughs> <laughs> run for your life the dog refers to me to me as that guy in the house that i'm scared to death of even though he's done nothing wrong to me ever or as so. i referred to you when i was talking to her I was like oh no it's that guy who lives in the garage because John spends so much time in the garage with his beer or his plants. Yeah, yeah. in the summer, the farming, I'm in the garage a lot. So. All right. So Ava would like to know, what's the story? Eva. Sto- oh, I'm sorry. My God, Eva. totally read that wrong. I sorry, know. Eva. We're, yeah, sorry about your anonymity. Everybody knows who you are now. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Eva. I knew that. What's the storyline for your next book? Yeah. What is the storyline for? So <laughs> you look panicked. You, I was like a book. So if you've been listening to the podcast a little bit, I have been hinting at, um, I was actually writing a book. I had a fiction book in mind. I'd started it in 2017 and I decided to not write it as a book, but to write it as a movie script. And it is a zombie movie. Exciting. And it is almost complete yep. um, with the help of my wonderful editor who's sitting across the, the <laughs> yep. microphone from me, Jessica. Uh, we should be getting that to our agent who wants it really badly here in the next week. Um, but it's called Zombie Addiction. And so the log line is a reluctant mayor has to save a small town 
from addicts turn into zombies. So that may change before it comes out and we have sure. Brad Pitt in the movie. But uh, <laughs> right. but that's what it is right now. So. Yeah, it's um, it's a really fun read. I, I totally enjoyed it. I don't read a lot of scripts. I don't know that I've ever read a script from start to finish. So I told John, I was like, you know, you've done more research on scripts than I have. But if I know one thing, I know dialogue. Oh. So I can write dialogue You're... and I can... Right. I know when it's right, and I know when it's not right, and I know when the story isn't flowing. So, um, so yeah, it's been really fun to work together on that. So. Yeah, huge, huge help with the dialogue. Uh, I mean, obviously, you've had, what, 32 books published? Yeah. That's one of the, the best of compliments you get from editors and from readers is that they just love your dialogue. And I know I love your dialogue, too. Like, when I'm reading your books, I sometimes skip through just to the quotes. I'm like, oh, skip yeah. to the dialogue. Yep. Uh, because it's just so good. A lot good. of people do that, actually. Yeah. So it's one of the reasons they suggest you have in a novel shorter paragraphs of description. So that because people do skip the description and you know just hit those quotes because they want to know what's happening next. Um, I don't. I read everything <laughs> because that's cheating if you don't. But. Oh, gotcha. Well, we have rules. I have a question for you actually. While while we're here. Um, Maybe Eva was asking you that question. <laughs> Maybe. Um, because I know she's read some of your books as well. Yeah. Um, so, Jessica, what's the storyline for your next book, and when will that be out? Oh, gosh. That's hard to answer because I'm always in the middle of, like, three books, right? So, my next book is... What's the next one that comes out? The next one that comes out is in April of 2020, and it's called One Wild Kiss. Wow, what a cool name. Uh, yeah. The storyline for that one is a woman who has had a crush on her boss for, she's at her one year anniversary at her job, has decided she's going to get over him. And then her car breaks down in the middle of the highway. And he, her billionaire boss, has a brand new sports car. And he comes to rescue her off the highway, finds out that she's on her way to Lake Tahoe for an event. And offers to drive her so it's sort of a road trip romance with a masquerade ball so on the cover <laughs> the woman's wearing like a masquerade mask it's really really cool so it's a lot that's of fun awesome. it's, so that's it's, that one right yeah oh, yeah nice. it's in I my um, see the it's see in the book my from where we're sitting kiss and tell series and it is yeah due out in april so yeah, yeah. published with harlequin published that's with awesome. harlequin yeah that's a fun been a fun series it centers around uh, California billionaires who have sort of inherited their company from their father, who is kind of like um, Steve Jobs. So it's kind of like Apple. It's like a tech company in, in Silicon Valley, only it's in River Grove, California. Mm. Is yeah. there actually a River Grove, California? There is not. There is not. So you're saying you wrote a fiction novel and yeah. you made up the town. Yep. Oh, is that how it works? That, huh? You can do that. Nice. Yeah, I totally love it. I've written real places. When I write real places, I get letters about how wrong I was about the real place. And when I write fake places, nobody can write me letters. So that's you know the that's actually <laughs> oh my gosh that's and again that's what you learn after thirty two. That's books, what you, you know. learn. You learn. You, you learn, learn those that, little nuances. You learn that people really really care if you get the weather wrong in their hometown. Um, but it's hard because unless I want to write everything about Dayton, Ohio, or the five places right. I've been, you know, yeah, I'm you're sort not going to live in Seattle for six months just to figure right, out just what to the see what the weather's on, like, so. right? That's a good okay. Point. Uh, Jerry H wants to know why do you love me so much? <laughs> 
Well, Jerry's a friend of ours, by the way, and we do love him so much. We do. Well, I was. Thinking, I had an answer that I put is it on a two part question though? Is it like that one's not. why do I love Jessica so much, or what? No, it's Jerry. No, it's it's why it's, do I love? There's Jerry There's definitely so the word much. me in there. You know, we do love Jerry. <laughs> He's a fun guy. No, he's just he's just one of my good friends out here at the lake. I love hanging out with him. And it's because you are so jolly, Jerry. Yes. Just like the ha- jolly you're like, Jerry. Yeah, you're I like love it. happy. He is. And and just I see him and I just smile and that is priceless, right? Because there's not a lot of people you can say that about that when you see them right. they make you smile. Oh, so. he just smiles, just waiting to give him a big hug and it just oh man. Yeah. No, that's he is. That's great. He's a yeah. good guy. Yeah, no matter. I mean, he's he's obviously been through some some things have not been that great and some tough times and what did somebody say? You know. Life can do you a crap sandwich sometimes, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, you you just never know. I mean, that guy just just happy, yeah. just a wonderful person to be yes, around. I that's agree. that's why we love him. So, so way to fish for a compliment, Jerry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the last we're actually at the last question here. Oh. Um, Todd B, and you're gonna have to tell the story behind this because I think it's oh super no. Cute. Todd B wants to know. Please tell the world what the snappiest pants are. <laughs> Total inside oh my joke, gosh. but I think oh my it's gosh. worth telling the story. I feel like um, it was all questions from either people I worked with at Outback or, well, the my cousins. There was a lot of them in there, too, but what a great question. So. No, Eva worked with you at the property oh, management company. That's true. All right, fine. Yeah. But that's true. But uh, Some yeah, lake friends in there. Absolutely. No, it's been great. This was really fun. I mean, I've been, you know, I know what these questions are, spoiler alert, but it's, they have been, it's just, I've laughed out loud with everyone I've I know, read so every funny. time I do it. So. Yeah. But this one especially. But yeah, Todd, so uh, this was back when I was working at Outback and apparently bartending you know, at bartending Outback. Outback yep. um, and you had to wear, you couldn't wear just like regular blue jeans. You had to wear some like super dark colored pants right. because they have these. Now they're in black slacks or yeah, whatever. But, yeah. but before you, we could wear jeans. Exactly. Um, and so I had some, you know, you have, it's a little hard to find those actually, unless you dye them yourself. It was. Um, it's not now. But well, back in the 90s, okay. it was hard to find dark blue jeans. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you're my fashion consultant, so <laughs> I'm going to go with you. Defer to you on this. Uh, but, anyways, I found some pants and they. They fit well and they seem to be fine. And um, one of the people we worked with was named Ron, and he just loved those pants on me, I guess. And he just said, "I how did it actually happen?" He just said that look at John and his snappy pants. And I just was like, and unfortunately for every for me, Todd happened to be sitting at the bar that <laughs> night and heard that, and he probably spit beer out of his mouth yeah. when he heard that. Um, but yeah, Ron just said, oh, John, what, I forget what I was doing. He just called and, you Snappy Pants from then and on. And from yeah. then on, my name was Snappy Pants. And I think it even like came up on the computer when I'd clock in or something. <laughs> on the board, it said Snappy yes, Pants. Yes. Yeah, in the computer system, they could actually change your name to get a nickname. And uh, yeah, yours was oh Snappy gosh. Pants. Yeah. Yours was Stressica. No, it wasn't. No? I okay. never, it never made it into the computer. Okay. But on the whiteboard in the back. That was our friend Matt. Matt dubbed me Stressica and put it on there. So, and I call her that all the time, Matt. So well yes, done, well done. That sir. one stuck. 
But no, Todd, I think if Todd, if I saw Todd on the street today and I haven't seen him for years because he's living up in New York. Oh, I miss him. Yeah. Yeah, we totally miss Todd. (laughs) Todd and Terry. I I swear he would be like, hey, it's snappy pants. It might be the first thing out of his mouth. Yeah, we should go up and see them. We really should. We need to. Yeah. So, Jessica, so, do you have any other questions? That, that was the end of the uh, prepared list. I don't think I have any more. Unless you would like to talk about the rings on your beer glass, which I find interesting. I do. You have to kind of describe what's going on, though. It's like, as John's been drinking the beer, which is almost gone, which means our time is almost up here. <laughs> Correct. Um, as he's been drinking down the beer, there are, like, these lines of, like, um, foam, like, bubbles stuck to the edge of the glass... And so, I don't know, there's like one, two, three, four, five, six, maybe eight or nine rings, like, stuck to the edge of the glass. And so I asked him, you said, see how many rings there are in the spear? That's a really good sign. And I said, I thought if anything stuck to the glass, that was a sign that, of a dirty glass. And you said, no, it's bubbles in a glass yes. that stick to the edge so, of the glass. Yeah, if you're right? in a restaurant and yeah. somebody pours you a beer and there's a bunch of bubbles stuck to the glass... The inside of the, the glass. The inside of the yeah. glass. You probably want to get another one because that means it's pretty dirty. So Okay. But this is not that. This yeah, this is, is also called yeah, I call it rings just to but be. But they're fun. called la- it's called it's lacing. The lacing. Yeah, yes. the lacing of a beer. Um, and it has to do with I'm assuming I'm not you know super up on all the technicalities here in science. I want to give you a science lesson, but um, the sugar content and just honestly, if you have a nice solid beer if you've got that nice lacing. So every time you take a sip of the beer, it kind of leaves a little bit of a ring around the glass. Um, it's really just a sign of a great beer. So, yeah, nice. I think I and this one... A great beer because it's thick, because it's... nice, it's, full-bodied. Uh, yeah. It's got a little bit of the sugar. I think the sugar kind of... It's a little okay. sweet there. Um, but, yeah, it works out. I'm sure my brother, David, who's a PhD in mechanical engineering, the, would probably give me... Asked if you ever waited on a celebrity. Yeah. Correct, that one. Um, and we also did a podcast with him about genealogy. Yes, check that one out. You'll have to right. put that in the show notes. Oh, I'll totally put yeah. that in the show notes. But yeah, I'm sure David, my intelligently, extremely intelligent brother, would probably have a better answer for this. But yeah, I just it's just kind of one of those things. I've Since I've been drinking good beer, and IPA especially, if you have a the nice lacing or the nice ring on your and glass. And how much of the John's well. uh, juicy hazy is left? How many? How much did you make, and how much do you have left? Ah, yes. So I made. Uh, let's see. I made ten gallons of that. So I made oh, two batches. Double batch. Yeah. Yeah. So I got two kegs of that, uh, and then I also made two kegs of now the... kegs. Those are small kegs, though. Yeah, these FYI. are FYI. Yeah, not they're... like the big ones you see at a restaurant. <laughs> right. They're not fifteen <laughs> gallon kegs. Just yeah. five gallons. Yeah. Yeah, two so they're five-gallon five corny kegs. And, uh, yeah, I've, I, made, I made two of them, so I've got 10 gallons there. And then I also made two kegs, two batches of, uh, or a double batch of the uh, Johnstone Double IPA. And we're actually slowly going through it, which is yeah. which is nice, because usually Very slowly. it goes pretty well, quick. Well, it's not so summer. When it's summer, it we isn't. have a lot of friends around. We take right. growlers everywhere with us. It's right, the like, garage is open. People just absolutely. stop by for beers. Absolutely. So, so now we... 
We're yeah, hoarding it. We're going to have to invite. <laughs> I'm hoarding uh, it for the winter, yes. Jerry and Todd and Bevan and Eva and David yes. and Pat all over for a beer. Yes. As a thank you. Absolutely. For asking all these amazing questions. Absolutely. So that thanks. is your reward for asking such amazing questions. <laughs> thank you, you get for submitting Free beer quest- at the Lemon Lounge. Yes. Thank you for submitting questions to John. I thought this was really fun to do. I think you're going to have to do another one like that. Absolutely. And what's next for um, the season of One Drink with John? Do you have any teasers you want to share with everybody, or is it all under lock and key? <laughs> all under lock and key right now. Okay. So, But we've got a couple good episodes coming up. So. Okay. And Jessica and I always come up with something fun to talk about. Sure. So. And as the, uh, the snow melts in this cold Ohio day and uh, we get towards spring and summer, we'll have some more. Some more fun things. I've got uh, the farm going on, so I'll uh, definitely, uh, which I'm actually super sore. I can barely like sit down. Yeah. I like did you a bunch of farming yesterday, yesterday and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'll be fine. Apparently I'm in horrible shape, so <laughs> thank God the spring is coming. Well, we're so sedentary this time of year. I mean, thank goodness for our trip to Serenby or we'd both be dead meat, right? Oh, I do. Totally we took like agree. a really, really long walk yesterday and I was like... Not even tired because right. we had walked so much while we were in Georgia. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, as always, I will put links to anything we talked about in the uh, show notes at onedrinkwithjohn.com. And Jessica, do you want to, would you like to end this episode? I see you just took the last sip of your, what, how is it pronounced? The Cote de Provence. Oh my gosh. Amazing. So I didn't take the last sip, just the last sip of my glass, but there is more in the fridge. Oh boy, if not, you'd be crying right now. (laughs) I would. It's so so good. So why don't you end this episode? Okay. I don't know how to end it. Just say thanks everybody and we will see you next week. Perfect. The end.